My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Amanda, Jane's life coach. And welcome to the Jane and Amanda Show. Where we focus on mental health and healing. On this episode, we discuss judgmental people and the hate letters Jane received after her attack. So today, we are going to talk about judgmental people. And um, hate letters that I received. Now, the first time that you told me, Jane, that you received hate letters, the amount of anger that I felt, I can't even actually describe. And I can't even describe to you. And I'm sure that it would be surprising for people that are listening as well, um, to know that after you suffered this horrific attack, you actually received hate letters from people. Just the fact that you did really pisses me off. And it seems to me as if I I can't even comprehend sending a letter to someone such as yourself with, with any sort of hate involved. There are judgmental people out there. There Uh, most certainly are. uh, You know, it's easy to judge unless you walk in that person's shoes. But uh, the other thing is, is um, when judgmental people judge you, they don't even know what you're already going through. Um, Well, let's let's. Let me explain what happened. Mm-hmm. Shortly after we did Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. So when was Unsolved Mysteries filmed and, and when did it air approximately? I believe it was 1991. Okay. It was about three years after my attack. Okay. And now you got to remember there's no internet then. Right. No social media, no emails, no Facebook, just no no internet whatsoever, no social media. Um, I received my first hate letter. I call them hate letters uh, because there's just so much hate in there, in the letters. It's just so much hate. The first letter I received... Um, 
I can remember the day I opened it. I it was addressed to me. It was sent to my my mailing address. Um, I opened it up and it read um, how they saw unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. and. And the, at first, I'm just thinking, okay, it's somebody that that watched the show and maybe had a tip or or whatever. Right, because it wasn't uncommon for you to receive information like that. And even to this day, it's, I mean, you still receive communications like that. That's what I would have thought. Like, oh, somebody actually saw Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, okay, instead of reaching out to, you know, who was mentioned in the in the episode, they're reaching out to me directly, which is... A bit odd, but maybe they had some sort of personal connection or 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 something like that. Exactly. I, I just it wasn't unusual for me to um, you know receive a letter or people come to my house with information. <laughs> that that too. So I I and I know that you outlined this in um, the episode where you the episodes where you detailed your attack, but. Just the fact that so many people that they, you know, splashed your name out there and your contact information. So where you lived was public. That makes me angry and nervous for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was difficult. That was difficult. Um, So I, I continued to read this letter. And all of a sudden, this person turned around and was saying that, um... I needed to stop playing the victim card. <laughs> you have to be kidding me. I'm thinking, me. what the hell is a victim card? Okay, how am I playing this victim card? I didn't ask to be attacked. Right. You know? Then it it went on to say how um, they felt that I had no disregard for my my unborn child. That how could I have stopped in the middle of the night to get a soda on my way home knowing I was pregnant? That I I just, I never took my baby's safety into consideration. Because you totally knew this was going to happen to you. (laughs) Yeah, right, huh? Um, I mean, why don't play the other side of the perspective too in that, oh, you, you didn't have you know, any, any regard for the, you know, the safety of your child or, or anything like that, but you were thirsty, which means if you were thirsty, so was your child. Yep. (laughs) I I mean, I didn't have any reason to think I was, I was, I wasn't safe. Exactly. You know, so yeah. Um, it reminds me of the same mentality of blaming the victim that you so often hear of, in situations, you know, you hear of somebody being attacked, a woman being attacked, you know, and raped or, or, you know, roofied. And then, you know, something horrific happening to somebody and it could be male or female. And immediately a first reaction to it is, well, what were they doing? Well, what was she wearing? What was she drinking? She put herself in that position. Exactly. And we really, really, really for for the sake of everyone really need to stop that type of conversation because really all that's doing is putting blame back on the victim that did not ask for this to happen to them. Oh, exactly. It's a real problem. 
it is a real problem that's been happening for a long time. Like I said before, social media. Now with social media, it's worse. Right. I mean, I read some of these um, articles that they post on Facebook of victims, and people are literally posting underneath that article that the victim should have known better or, you know, doubting a victim. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. It blows my mind. It's like, what about the victim? The victim does, a victim does not ask for unwelcomed harm to themselves. Exactly. They don't. It it just, it's frustrating. But the, you know, the, the letter went on to say that, you know, I needed to take responsibility for my actions. And it was just... It was a bizarre letter, it, and it just blew my mind that people out there actually believe this and think this, that I put myself in danger. I needed to take responsibility for my actions. Well, what about his responsibility for his actions? Exactly. You know, what? I didn't ask to be attacked. I didn't, I didn't provoke it. Right. I... I was 22. Now, that is another thing that you got to take into consideration. I was young. Mm -hmm. I lived in a small community, Mm -hmm. and I had no reason to believe I was not safe that night. Right. Had you had reason to believe that you weren't safe, you wouldn't have put yourself in that situation. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's it's If I sensed any danger... I would never have put myself into into that situation. Never mind my unborn child that I was very happy and very excited about, you know, meeting. I just that's not who I was. That's that's so far from who I was. It's just so baffling to me. It's so baffling to me that that somebody took the time and now this is just the first letter that, that we're talking about. Now this about is the because, first letter. Yep. This, so this is just the first letter. So this happened multiple times to you. It's just so unnerving and so so horrifying that somebody took the time to sit down and write out this letter to you and tell you that essentially you were responsible for what happened to you and you need to take responsibility for for the occurrence and it essentially was your fault. And they took time to put a stamp on it and bring it to the post office to mail it. And mail it to you. <laughs> just and actually sent it to you. Crazy. Just, just, it. My next letter came a year, uh, almost a year later. And uh, I opened it. And. This letter was a little worse. Um, They felt that I was an unfit parent, that child services should be involved, and that my child should be taken away from me for endangerment, child endangerment, that, um, you know, how dare I put my child in that much danger 
knowing, you know, and and then somewhere in there they put, um, you know, there are people out there that want children that would make sure their children are safe but can't have children. And, you know, pretty much telling me that I was like the most unfit parent that I should be reported to uh, child services. And it was just a crazy letter. And, but the, the thing was, at that time, I blamed myself. Even before these letters came, mm-hmm. I blamed myself. I, I felt a lot of guilt, especially where about that time Jessica was showing neurological issues mm-hmm. and I knew how much she was struggling and I, I did blame myself. Right. So these letters got in my head so bad. I can only imagine. Because it's almost like I almost felt like these letters justified everything I was feeling up up to that point. Yep. Um, and and I, I, I kept the letters for a long time. And I'd read them. And every time I read them, it I just felt like they justified every single feeling I felt of guilt. Yeah. And... It was really hard for a long time, a long time. I mean, these letters were mean. And these were letters from people I didn't even know. They were from across the country. One was Wisconsin, the mailing stamp on the letter was from Wisconsin. And the other one was, I, I believe, Kentucky, if I remember correctly. I think it was Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So it's like... These people didn't know me at all. They saw me on Unsolved Mysteries. Well, the first one did. I don't know about the second one. But it's like... (laughs) They could not have made me feel any more guilty than what I already felt. Um, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And over the years, you know, I did, I did read them over the years, every now and then I kept them. I don't even know why I kept them. I just kept them. And I never really told anybody. I think I might've told one person about them and, um, just kept them to myself. Um, and then when I started counseling, you know, 20 years after my attack, I started my counseling. Mm -hmm. My counselor picked up on you seem to think that this attack was your fault. Right. Why do you feel like that? Yeah. And I just told her one day, the letters told me it was my fault. And she just looked at me like, what letters? And I said, I got letters. And she's like, okay, I want to see these letters. You're going to bring these letters in. I want to see them. Good. So, I brought brought them in my next session, and uh, she just she read them, and she was like, "These people don't even know you exactly. So how can they judge anything you did? Who are they to pass judgment on you? Uh, exactly, exactly. And in in hearing 
the content of what was in these letters. And I hope that she reiterated and told you this, and, and I'm sure that she did, uh, because she sounds like a fantastic counselor. She um, was. The, <laughs> she really was. The content of the letters really reflects more about them than you. Exactly. That, yep, that's what she said. She was like, you know, this is about them. Yep. And for whatever reason or for whatever is going on in their lives, they felt the need to attack you. Yep. And, uh, you know, she just told me, you know, you, you can't take these personally. They don't know you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's burn them. Good. Let's I was going to say, I, I hope you did. And, uh, yeah, she brought in this little metal can, <laughs> which I guess people have burnt stuff in there already before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was um, one of her uh, one of her things with counseling was you burn it and you get rid of it and and then it's it's gone. You talk about it, you burn it, you get rid of it, it's gone. And um, so we did. We sat there and I had to explain to her how or explain to these letters how angry I was that I got these letters. Mm-hmm. And how these letters made me feel all these years and that I wasn't going to feel like that anymore. That my attack was not my fault. It was not. I did not provoke it. I did not ask for it. I was not looking for it. He inserted himself and his actions into my life. I did not insert myself into his life. Absolutely. And um, we burned them. And, oh, my God, that was so freeing. I was going to say freeing, <laughs> empowering, like a it weight was. lifted, right? Oh, totally. Yep. Totally. It was like, oh, my God. Such a peaceful feeling mm-hmm. afterwards. Good. I was like, you know what? She's right. It's No. Judgmental people just have no room in my life. Absolutely. I have no room in my life for judgmental people. Unless you walk my shoes, walk in my shoes, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea what I went through that night I was attacked. Absolutely. So you can't judge. You weren't there. And, you know, right after I had Jess... I'm going to go a little bit more into how much I blame myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had Jess, and Jess was in ICU, fighting for her life. She was on a ventilator. Um, she was not breathing on her own. I stood over her. And I bet I apologized to her a thousand times. I... I was so sorry I stopped that night and now she's fighting for her life and you know now I think about it and it's like yeah I'm sorry that that she was fighting for her life Mm -hmm. I mean my god I, I just it was torture every day watching her of course but 
It wasn't my fault. Oh, it wasn't your fault. And it wasn't. I, and as a mother, I, 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 I'm sitting here, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And I would have done the same thing. But, and I think, and I think any good mother would have. Um, but it wasn't your fault. Yep. None of it was your fault. And you 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 have nothing to apologize for and it took me a lot of years to to realize that yeah that this wasn't my fault mm-hmm. i know again i didn't insert myself into his life he inserted himself into my life that night absolutely and you know i was 22 and that's what a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. you know they can they can sit there and say, well, I would have done this or I would have done that. I was 22. And, you know, 22-year-olds even now with social media, social media has got a lot to do with that. With social media and the Internet, I think 22-year-olds know more today than they did then the kind of danger in the world. Well, yes, in in the fact that so much of that type of information is so readily and immediately available to them. I exactly. mean, the world has most definitely changed, yeah. um, you know, since the timing um, of your attack, as, as you said, with the social medias and with the internet and everything like that. It is most definitely so much more known at such a younger age, um, the dangers that are out there. Oh, exactly. I didn't know there was a serial killer <laughs> In the Connecticut River Valley, right? How, why? How would I know that? You know, there was there's, I I just didn't know that, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe looking back, had I realized that there is such evil in the world as as much as it, it, it is today, I probably would have been stopped, but at that time. I, I I had no reason to even think about it. Yeah, there was, there was no reason for you to think that there was any danger. I mean, you were in familiar settings, exactly. small towns. I mean, Swansea, New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, uh, the smallest of the small, you know? Yeah. On a main road. It wasn't like I was on a back road right. or a dirt road or it was a main road. There was a soda machine there. Yeah. I had no reason to not stop there. Right. And, um, you know, people that judge, especially that are very vocal with judging, mm-hmm. you, you judge people you don't know. You have no idea what they're already going through. Right. You have no idea what their mental status is or what they've been through. And, you know, sometimes your judging of people like that can do more damage. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. Obviously, these letters did a lot of damage to me over the years. Um, You know made me feel absolutely horrible about myself and really just helped to fuel the 
guilt that was already there that you weren't really dealing with or really talking about because you weren't in counseling really just helped to fuel and solidify those feelings that just, I'm so sorry that they were there. Exactly. It's, it was difficult at the time, you know, but now I don't, you know, people can judge. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yep. The way they feel doesn't matter to me. Yep. I, um, I make no room for them in my life. I love that. Absolutely no room. Um, you know, and, and I know myself, I don't judge. Right. I, I, people make their own choices and their own decisions. And I'm sure they have their own reasons for doing what they do. Yeah. Um, who am I to judge them? I I constantly repeat yeah. that too. Who am I to judge somebody else? I am not them. I can very easily try and put myself into somebody else's, you know, situation, walk in their shoes. And even, even my husband will attest to that. Actually, I, I'm actually very good at that. Um, and I think that's actually what makes me uh, one of the most non-judgmental people. I have no, because I have no, I'm not you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what's happening in your life. Who am I to actually judge you? Exactly. What right do people have to do that? Exactly. You know, exactly. what right did those two people have to write those letters to me? They had no right. You know, they had no right. They had no right. And I love that the counselor, I, I love how she had you handle the situation. It's exactly how I would have had you handle the situation. And I, I love the she read them you guys helped you know you guys talked about them you know you told her how they made you feel and sort of what impact they had on you and she had you burn them and let it go Mm -hmm. um because it's one of the hardest when when something happens to us as individuals and somebody in you know hate is thrown at you in any way shape or form it hurts and it can really affect your mind thought, you know, um, your process of dealing with any sort of situation. It takes, it takes a long time to realize that people that throw hate at you, it's really a reflection of what's going on with them. Yeah, exactly. And in once you can truly believe that, and truly understand that, oh, well, this, this person's, you know, yelling at me about this or saying I should have done this and passing judgment and throwing hate at me. It's really a reflection of what's going on with them. It doesn't really have anything to do with you. Once you can realize that, it helps not make uh, a place in your life for judgmental people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The only thing I... I still think about today is playing the victim card what the hell does that mean yeah that was the, oh, <laughs> the wording like, of that um i was a victim i was stabbed 27 times right my daughter i was pregnant with my daughter at the time right. we both had to fight for our lives her she had to fight twice for her life what the hell does a victim card mean how am I playing that victim card? How? I just, I will never understand <laughs> that comment. 
and I mean, I should let it go. And and I, in the most part, I have let it, let it, I, I do let it go. Mm-hmm. I have let it go, you know. I don't let it bother me anymore. But it's still, it's like, please explain to me right. how someone that's been stabbed 27 times is playing the victim card. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh, I can laugh about it now because... It just sounds like such an idiotic statement <laughs> towards someone that just has gone through something so traumatic and such a physical attack. Right. It's like, I, okay, victim card. I can't, I, I can't understand that mentality, how, how someone would actually say that to you. I, I would love for somebody to explain it to me. Oh, yeah. Um, Email us, please. Yeah, Email us. If explain you, this to me. If you understand the mentality of someone, or even if you are the person, or even if you are the person that yeah. actually wrote this letter, That would even be better. Um, please, we would love to have a conversation. Um, yeah, email us and um, shed some light. I, I, I'm having a very, very hard time comprehending um, that mindset. Yeah. Very hard time. <laughs> and I'm usually really good about um, trying to understand mindsets and, and trying to put myself in, into someone else's shoes. The, the only thing that pops into my mind is that Possibly this individual had gone through some sort of traumatic event themselves and truly believed that based off of their own actions that they were at fault as well. And so they were lashing out at you. Um, Possibly. And that doesn't make it right. Mm -hmm. Um, But for them to actually put that terminology of playing the victim card, they themselves must have heard from, you know, from people or professionals or maybe, you know someone that they were because of a situation that happened to them that they probably didn't have any control over. Um, it, and we're not judging you for the, making that comment at all. No, no. We just, I just would love to, uh, an explanation on that comment. Yeah. Um, why you would write something like that? Because, I mean, technically I was a victim of a very horrific crime absolutely today i'm a survivor mm-hmm. and uh let's let's get that out there but at the time i was i was a victim of a a very horrific crime so yeah i, I i'm sorry if i made you feel like i played the victim card <laughs> didn't mean to okay <laughs> let's just get that out there that wasn't her intent she was, <laughs> was simply, not my intent <laughs> well especially with the unsolved mystery being on unsolved mysteries i mean your case is still unsolved um so as far as you going on unsolved mysteries and them talking about your case i mean the connecticut river valley serial killer still has actually not been caught exactly your case is still unsolved exactly so i'm sure that the purpose of you going on unsolved mysteries was to help with the case well the thing was i'm not even the one that approached unsolved mysteries Mm -hmm. the the detectives in New Hampshire are the ones that approached 
Unsolved Mysteries and then asked me if I would be on there. So Unsolved Mysteries wasn't even my idea. Right. It was the detectives in the homicide unit in New Hampshire Mm -hmm. that they set that whole thing up. Yep. So because they needed they need some help with the case. They wanted tips. I mean, yeah. and why not? What a what a perfect platform to get the information out there and to try and actually receive more tips uh, because that's the whole premise and the purpose of unsolved mysteries. Exactly, and that was a perfect platform because there was no internet, there was no social media, right at the time. So unsolved mysteries was out there to help solve, you know, unsolved mysteries unsolved yep. crimes unsolved crimes yep. and um so yeah yeah that's that's why we used it <laughs> that's that's why unsolved mysteries did their episode on on the connecticut river valley murders yep. i mean um you know it wasn't something that I, I i'm not the one that went to them let's let's just make that clear you know and again you know people didn't know this I'm sure people assume that I went to them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I didn't. I didn't know that. To make, I, you know, I, I, I had no clue. So I'm, I'm glad that you clarified that. That that is how you actually connected with unsolved mysteries. It, it wasn't your idea. It was the actual, you know, detectives on your case exactly. that came up with the idea. That's great information for people to know. So, but that's the thing. People don't know this stuff, so they automatically judge. Or it's assume, like, yep. Or assume, judge or assume, yep. And it's, you know, people got to be nicer to pe- to others. Like, we live in a crazy world today. We do. Let, let's let's all admit that. Mm-hmm. But we need more kindness in our hearts. We need more um, compassion Absolutely. for others. Um, because everybody's everybody has something they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and uh gotta start being more compassionate Mm -hmm. and that is how you live your life you're an extremely compassionate and kind person Mm -hmm. and you know that's all you can do especially with all the with with all the situations that you have dealt with in your life i mean from from the attack to you know the different um the different projects you've been involved with that you know wasn't exactly beneficial to you, um, sort of fed other people's agendas to these, you know, to these hate letters. Uh, you've experienced a lot of, a lot of negativity throughout your life, but I do have to say that you are one of the most positive people that I have ever met. And you keep living your life day to day, spreading positive and, and having compassion. And if we all did that, the world would be a great place. It would be a little better. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. I, um, for the first 20 years after my attack, I was, uh, I was a bitter, cold person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I lacked compassion in a huge way. Because I was just so angry. I just, uh, I didn't have the counseling I had mm-hmm. in, um, you know, for the first 20 years. And I just, um, 
I wasn't a very good person. But with the counseling, I'm a much better person today. And you know, I like I always say, I wake up every morning and I'm going to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And it doesn't always happen, you know, but that's what I strive for. I always try to be a, a better person today than I was yesterday. I love that. I love that. We should all wake up like that. We should all <laughs> spread kindness. One act of kindness every day. You cannot even imagine how much that helps people yeah. that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know. You know, I'll, I'll have it. I got an example. Um, it was right before Christmas. I was at Walmart. We were doing self checkout. And this lady, she was probably in her 60s. I'm guessing. Probably shouldn't guess because she was probably younger than that. But <laughs> she was an older lady. And I could tell that she had issues or, you know, some kind of um, challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was trying to check out. And it, it wouldn't take her card. Her card kept declining. And I could see the anxiety on her. I could see her getting very upset. She didn't know what to do. She was there by herself. And we checked out, me and Jessica. I went out in the car. And I just, I mean, there was tons of people in Walmart. There was tons of people at self-checkout. But for some reason, my attention and my mindset was towards her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went out in the car. And I said, you know what, Jess? I'm going to go in and pay her bill. And... Jessica looked at me. She's like, yeah, I know you will. (laughs) (laughs) So I went in and she was still there at the register. And one of the associates was helping her. And um, the associate was actually deleting items off of her, uh, off of what she already scanned Mm -hmm. because she didn't have the money to pay for it. And I went over and I said, this is your lucky day. Rescan all that stuff. And I popped my card in and I paid for her bill. And she looked at me and she's like, do you know today is my birthday? Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, my God. Happy Happy birthday. birthday. (laughs) I was like, wow, I hope you have a good day. She's like, you just made it a whole lot better. Oh, She's like, otherwise, it was just going to be another day. I didn't know it was her birthday that day. But... Just that little bit of kindness mm-hmm. brightened her day. And I got to say happy birthday to her. <laughs> I love that. I love and it was that. like, you know, it's, I try to do something like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, paying for somebody's bill or buying this or buying that. If I see on, on Facebook somebody's having a hard day or, or you know, Sometimes you could tell when people are struggling on Facebook that, you know, you sent something or you don't see them on Facebook for a while. I always try to send them a card, you know, a card. Send them, hey, thinking about you. Hope you have a good day, Mm -hmm. you know. And I've gotten so many people that messaged me and said, oh, my God. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Thank you for the card. That helped a lot. Right. Like you have no, you have no clue how much that meant. No. Like. No, I didn't. You know, they could have been having a perfectly fine week. Yep. But, 
you know, I decide to send that card. And that's why I say active kindness, you know, even if you do one act of kindness every day or once a week or once a month and you're consistent with it, you have no idea how much you impact somebody's life. Mm-hmm. That is so true. You have no idea. So true. One of my favorite things to do with people, and it's and it's funny because of some of the reactions that I get sometimes are are absolutely hilarious, and I almost wish that there was you know somebody recording um, the interaction. Complete strangers, you know. Um, I, I'm I am one of those people that will walk by a complete stranger and smile and say hi, how you doing, you yeah. know that sort of thing. And it, I. I try to do it quite often. Now it's kind of easy with our retail store because I can, you know, strike up conversations with, with multiple strangers at the, at the same time. But if I notice something, you know, if something, something strikes me, you know, about, about somebody as they're approaching me, compliments, yes. compliments to complete strangers. Um, that is actually one of my most favorite things to do. Um, and quite a few times, um, somebody has been very brutally honest with me afterwards, you know, like, Oh, I just love that. You know, I I see them and I'm like, Oh, I just love that coat. Like it's such a beautiful color. Like it brings out the color in your eye, like not a surface compliment, like a, a true compliment. Um, and quite a few times people have told me afterwards that they've sort of gotten emotional and told me afterwards, like, I'm just having such a bad day. You have no clue how much that like, thank you. And it, it, it from my perspective, it's genuine. Yeah, exactly. You know, some people don't get compliments yeah. um, at all. And just mm-hmm. some sort of, you know, observation and making sure that that person knows, you know, or, Oh, I just love your hairstyle or, you know, it's yeah. so- something, something simple like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I find myself, I, I've noticed you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I find myself also doing that lately. Aww. You know, oh, I love your purse or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, what a cool cell phone cover. Yep. You know, something really simple like that. Yeah. yeah. And people always turn around, smile and thank you. Or they, they have a tendency of telling you where they bought it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where did you? I'm like, oh, good to know. Yeah. Are they having sales? <laughs> oh, I have to go there and check yeah, exactly. it out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, good deeds, good yeah. compliments, just just putting some positivity and some kind and kindness back into the world. Exactly. Exactly. I know there's been, you know. A long time ago, I could have used a lot of those uh, acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I can do it. And uh, that makes me feel good. You know? That's fantastic. And it makes other people feel good too. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for sharing the details of the hate letters. Um, yeah. Such a little known fact, as you said. I mean, you you hadn't told um, too many people um, about it. I remember when we were speaking even before um, before we you know recorded this episode. You mentioned it to me uh, pretty early on uh, on our Invisible Tears project, and I just remember the rage that I felt um, and the shock. Um, I couldn't actually believe that you had actually received letters like that. So, um, well, definitely hard to talk about. 
I thank you for talking about the letters. I want to send a little message to those judgmental people. Thank you for the letters. They really weren't needed. You could not have um, made me feel any more guilty than how I made myself feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not feeling like that anymore. And um, yeah, move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we send you love and light. Exactly. Hope you heal like I have. Mm -hmm. And uh, continue to heal. I continue to heal every day. It's um, it's a day to day, one day at a time. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current with any events that may be happening with our podcast. Read more about Jane and the team and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. If you're local to the area, please stop in and say hi. You can find us at 919 West Swansea Road in Swansea, New Hampshire. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15-minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.